0: I got a phone call from uh, several phone calls from Talmud a couple of last week, two weeks ago, and I, I realized I missed like five phone calls from him and emails and everything. Apparently, he was pretty desperate to know something, and when I called him back much later, um, it turns out he said, it's too late already, but maybe you'll tell me if I did the right thing. He said that his wife is pregnant and that they had to go for his uh, uncle's or some relatives' unveiling in the cemetery. So he wanted to know: is she allowed to go to the unveiling? Is she allowed to go to the cemetery? So what's the halacha? So there is a an idea out there, I don't know if we'll call this 10 minute halacha or 10 minute non-halacha, I guess we'll, we'll decide at the end, but there's an idea out there that pregnant women are not supposed to go to a levaya or to the cemetery different neschos of exactly what the idea is, so, and there are different attitudes that people have to, the Minchas Yitzchak has a tshuva, Tain Weiss, and membez, where he says uh, look, there's no source in Shas or Poskim for this, but we know what the Rashba writes in a tshuva, where the Rashba says that when old Jewish women have a meisel, you know What's called a you know, a, a maisa that bubbies like to tell right they when they have a uh, when they have when they have a tradition or something a minhag we can't laugh at it we can't mock it and we have to accept it so the rashi <laughs> writes that that way in the Chuva. so uh, so minchas yizkor says even though it may be a bubby but uh, you have to. We have to respect that minhag. So it's a legitimate minhag. That's how. That's what the minhag is. So Steinberg, the of Levracha, is quoted in the Sefer Yadli Oledes, the English uh, book on uh, pregnancy and childbirth. So he says he writes over there in the Hebrew footnote. So it's all now. There's no source in Shasen Rishonim. You don't have to worry about it at all. This is not something that we care about. This is a 10-minute non-halacha, says Rav Scheinberg. And there is some poskim that go with a more compromised approach, somewhere down the middle. In uh, Rav Harfinis discusses in Shuvas Vayivaruch David, um, in uh, he has a kuntras uh, called Nachamas Sara. So in that kuntras in Simon Aleph, he suggests some that are but only once it's hukar ubra, only once she's recognizably pregnant, which she has to be honest with herself because uh, in this in this case the Talmud told me we didn't think she was recognizably pregnant, but then we went and everyone kept on saying b'shata'ova, so uh, <laughs> I guess she was recognizably pregnant, or uh, um, you know, or uh, he has another possibility from the fact that the red Vaz and other posthums say they're not supposed to go in the ninth that an aceous Kohen shouldn't go in the ninth month because of a concern that the baby's going to stick his head out and become tumbe so the implication is that before that before the ninth month that it's no problem so maybe it's uh, that's where the cutoff line is not hookarubra which is normally three months but uh, but nine months so three basic approaches again Mil Re- 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 says it's above mice but we have to accept it because we accept above mices or Sheinberg says it's above mice and we don't accept it because we don't accept above mice and uh, this uh, middle ground approach so far from this quotes that maybe, maybe uh, we should draw the line somewhere depending on, on how far along she is in the pregnancy just there are different places where you could potentially draw the line but what's the explanation where would this come from where would such a minute come from so the Yitzchak has a fascinating explanation he points out there's a Mugan Avram quotes <laughs> from the Rokeach Avram quotes from the Rokeach the Rokeach says that an Ashes Kohen is allowed to go to an Aishas Kohen who is pregnant is allowed to be in an Ohela <laughs> mate. she's allowed to become tame to a Mace because of a svex veikah, says Rokech. Suffaic, maybe the baby's a Nephil, he's not going to survive anyway, so there's no problem with Tumus Kohanim. And even if the baby's a Ben Kayama, he's not a Nephil, maybe it's a girl, and a girl is, uh, is okay, she's allowed to become tummy to a mace. So because of that svex says Rokech, that's why an Isha's Kohen is allowed to be in a hospital or in an Ohel Hamase. So ask the Maganat Ram on that Rokech, what do you mean svex there's a concept in Tumah and Tara called Balua, that if something is completely enclosed within something else, where it's not at all exposed to the outside environment, so Tuma does, doesn't transfer there. It's Balua. Of course the baby's not becoming Tameh anyway, because it's Balua. So, Rav Mirchas Yitzchak points out that in the Sefer Nesiv Chaim, on the Magen Avram, he says, well, why is he asking that kasha? There's a better kasha he should have asked. There's a Mishnah in the third parak of Masechus Parah, where the Mishnah describes who would be involved in the production of the paraduma water and the burning of the paraduma and the ashes and pr- producing the paraduma water and the mission said it has to be people that were tohar from birth that were completely toharim so how would you find someone that's tohar from birth they would raise children on a cliff that would uh, so that even if there was someone buried underneath the on the ground underneath it would stop at the the tumma would stop at the bottom of the cliff and the children would spend their entire lives on that cliff and those children would go on the back of white animals to go to draw the water uh, in, and, and avoid uh, any tumah along the way. That uh, that that way, they would ensure that the water used for paraduma was actually absolutely tar. So, I asked the sivchayim, when would the women go to that cliff when they were pregnant? It says that they would bring pregnant women up to the cliff, give birth there, raise the children there. What do you mean? Isn't it too late when they're pregnant already? If they're pregnant, it's already they, they've already been exposed. Meaning, if you're worried about the fetus and the tumah that's going to happen with the fetus, so isn't it too late if they're already pregnant? LmI, what do you see that we're not worried about tumah uh, uh, to to an unborn fetus? That there's no such issue of tumah an unborn fetus. So says Minchasitzchok. What we must assume is that these women were very, they, they all wanted their children to be the ones to deal with the paraduma waters. What is Chus that is? So they were careful never to be metame, never to go into an ola mace. Pregnant women had such a minah, they were careful not to, because they wanted to be the ones whose children would be able to be raised on that cliff that would never become tamay, that would be able to deal with the paraduma waters. So he says, maybe that's the or the minah, that uh, is a, because we hope each and every day, that we're going to have a mashiach, we're going to have a paraduma again, and we're going to have these la again so Pregnant women are careful not to be mitame, in noalemase, not to go into an noalemase, in order to make sure that their children will have the potential to be raised on a cliff somewhere, so that they uh, that they don't become they don't become tame. Okay, it's very creative, very very creative explanation of the minig. I don't know if uh, it's the pashtus, but it's a very creative explanation of the minig. In Chuvos uh, David, of Harfenis says, Nah, maybe there is another reason. He says, Ulaya Tamishum, Ayanhara. Maybe it's just an ayin hara, that it's a large gathering of people when you go to a funeral and everyone's. Like, looking. Everyone's looking at the pregnant woman so you don't want her in a large gathering of people and looking at uh, you know her good muzzle that, uh, that she's pregnant. Yeah. Nafkamina, he says, would be if uh, it's lohu karubra, if she's not recognizably pregnant so then there's no ayin hara. Or if she's a little bit at a distance, she's a little bit on the outskirts. Maybe there's no ayin hara in that situation. Then he says maybe there's another reason. Maybe it's because that it's such a and this is what I always assumed it was, that we're so concerned about her emotional well-being that she's going to be in such distress at a funeral. It's very, very difficult that it might, cause her to, uh, it might cause her to be unhealthy or the baby to be unhealthy if she's under such stress and such sadness and she's gonna, it's going to be so difficult for her to be there. Mirov Tsar, we're afraid that Shema uh, Tipo, that she might, she might miscarry. So uh, Harfness points out, maybe if she's at a Makum Rachok, if she's a little bit off in the distance, maybe it's not so much Tsar. He says, maybe that's also the source that there is a Minhag, that a pregnant woman doesn't serve as Kvater, at a, uh, at a bris meal, you know, when you uh, honor someone to carry the baby in for the bris, it's a quater, so typically they say it's a skula to have children, so you try to find someone who uh, doesn't yet have children to serve as uh, as kvater. So, uh, but dafka, pregnant woman. They say that the, the Rav Harfina says that there's a minute that a uh, pregnant woman does not does not uh, participate as as, uh, as So he says maybe that's the reason because the crying of the baby, seeing all the blood, if she gets too close, you know, uh, when when she they bring the baby back out after when she sees the bandages, it might be too much for her to take. It might be uh, you know for a pregnant woman to, it may be too much for her to take. It similar to the to the issue over here. there's no halach about that either, by the way. A pregnant woman can be a kvater. A lot of times I get the shayla, someone calls me and says, you know, I've been asked to be a kvater at a bris, and because people don't know, my wife is pregnant. You know, someone will ask that question. So what should I do? Can I take it? Should I turn it down? I don't want to tell this guy that my wife is pregnant. You know, do I, what do I do? So I don't think there's any problem with that. my oldest son's bris, we honored with kvater, one of my good friends. Uh, who got married a little bit before me, did not yet have children at that time, and we later found out that his wife was already pregnant at the time, and he said he figured it can't hurt, you know, might as well do it anyway. I think, can I know they have seven or eight kids already, so it worked. Right? So, uh, um, the Tshuva's Vayivarach Dovid the also goes on to say maybe another possibility. He says n- neither of the reasons that we just mentioned would apply, uh, would explain uh, f- why one would not go to a cemetery when it's not a funeral, when it's, you know, a yard site or something like that, or you stop going to Kivrei Avos in Yom or things like that so he said what would be the source for that because it's, there's no rov tsar there's no big gathering of people ayin harah it's, just, it's you know, just going to the cemetery so he says maybe it's based on ruach ra some type of kabbalistic idea of ruach ra in the cemetery and that dafka pregnant, there's ruach ra for everybody but dafka the pregnancy we wanted de- the child to develop with absolute tahara so maybe it's based on that he says that's why we do to the when we leave the cemetery the Gemara talks about Masechus brachos about she him following women from the Beis HaKvaros. so there, there is this uh, that additional concern of a, of, of a type of ruach ra. Now it is uh, odd. I, I found in Rabbi Eider's Sefer, Rabbi Eider's Zichron uh, Vracha, he was a real trailblazer. I don't know if you know much about his svarim, but he was um, he was the first one to really publish uh, really good halacha in English svarim with uh, Hebrew footnotes, everything very carefully. Uh, very carefully sourced and very clearly presented fantastic Talmud I, th- I think he learned in Wayu he was a Posig in Lakewood but he learned in Wayu one of my rabbis once told us that he was the most inspiring guy of his whole chevra because he said he was not a genius at all. He was a uh, really regular uh, regular kind of guy, but he was a plugger. And he learned to and learn to and learn, became a big posik, a very serious posik, contributed tremendously to Klal Yisrael. So, anyway, so Rabbi Eider, uh, in his, he's always careful to note everything and the source for everything. He has a few paragraphs in his Hechelchus Nida Sefer with no sources whatsoever, doesn't quote any sources, and he just talks about how a Nida should not go to a cemetery and he says the minigol that a pregnant woman doesn't go, and then he says a whole bunch of rules. I don't know where he got them from, because he doesn't say. He says if she's more than four amos away, mm-hmm. then it's okay. If she's only there for side it's okay. If it's during Yom Narayim, it's okay. If she traveled a long way to get there and then pierced a nida, she became a nida or whatever, or she discovered she was pregnant or something, so that's okay also, because she came such a long way. If it's Kivrei Tzaddikim, it's okay. Uh, again, he doesn't say what the problem is in the first place, nor does he say what the source is, for all the exceptions to the issue. So at the end of the day, uh, is it a Halakha that a pregnant woman is not allowed to go to a cemetery or funeral, it is absolutely not a halacha. It seems to be a, a, a minhag that a lot of people know about. The question is whether you have to observe this minhag. So Diane Weiss thinks that we should observe the minhag, but Scheinberg thinks that there's no reason to observe this minhag. Certainly if there's any tzorech or any sort of uh, shalom bias issue or uh, any, anything like that, but certainly say not to not to worry about it and just uh, just go. Certainly, the lohu karubra. There's a good, strong story to say that it's before three months that for sure there would be no, even if you're 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 of the mind of Diane Weiss that you have to observe the minhag. So what was the minhag? The minhag wasn't before they knew they were pregnant. The minhag was only after they knew they were pregnant. So if it was lohu karubra. So uh, th- that it's not even observing. It probably never was the minhag to avoid at that early early stage in pregnancy. It should all become.